Content warning. No Gods, No Monsters contains profanity, substance use, and a strong hatred for the police. I call it Stato the Conqueror. That's meant to be derisive. Sorry, old chum. These two are here to kill you. It's out of my hands. We need to help these people. Impossible, dear. There are corpses below those stars. Who are they? Oh, the fodder of powerful men through every age. Dissidents. Journalists. Political rivals. And their loved ones. Oh, please. Unclutch your fucking pearls, Flag. We serve the same master. We were sent here to stop you. Child, your government didn't send you here to protect the world from alien technology. Your government sent you here to cover up their part in it. Why are King Shark and Weasel in prison? Like, what is that going to do? Do you know what I, I mean? mean? They mentioned that Weasel ate a bunch of children or something like that. He killed but... 27 children. But I mean, yeah. like, are you going to punish them for being a weasel and a shark? Like, Yeah, well, it feels really weird that, like, they wouldn't just, especially Weasel, that they wouldn't just kill him like or something like you gonna fucking do you think you, you put them in there long enough they're gonna get their act together and stop being a weasel and a shark like you're gonna rebuild rehabilitate them <laughs> yeah. uh, or punish them like what is the fucking point <laughs> it's so funny but i mean they, it does seem like there's some kind of like progressive element in here that they're not like let's just kill a weasel because he's he's an animal that's yeah that's murdered people totally like it, uh so um yeah, there's something good there, right? <laughs> oh, Charlie thinks progressive progressive <laughs> viewpoints are good. Ding ding ding. Um <laughs> gotcha. Uh no, I mean like it just shows by taking things to their logical extreme like that, I feel like it shows the ridiculousness of having a justice system instead of laws that people or creatures for being what they are have to change themselves for instead of having a system that's based on what things are like if you live in a world where there are king sharks and weasels around do you know what i'm saying it's just stupid it makes shows out how stupid prison is and the whole thing you're not rehabilitating you're punishing you're just being assholes oh yeah um but so what do you think they should have done with weasel i think that we should have our society entirely structured different so that yeah, if Weasel's attacking, you just kill him. But if Weasel's just existing, like, who knows why he killed the 27 children? I have no idea. But I know that right now they're... I think they're plotting against him. <laughs> uh, right now the plan is to assimilate King Shark and Weasel into this very specific idea of how life should be set up, society should be set up. And I think that uh, that's kind of like what we're doing now. And it'd be nice if we just, like, we're like, Okay, like, weasels and humans should not try to figure out this shit together. And, you know, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. But I'm not going to, like, hold you captive. Just stay away, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And that's probably why he's crazed. And children need to stop plotting against Weasel. 
Otherwise, yeah. they're going to get what's coming to them. Totally. I just, like, yeah, like, I wonder what, like, sh- especially Shark. Like, Shark just eats people because that's what sharks do. But then other than mm. that, he's just, like, stupid and sweet and wants friends. I know. He's so lonely. He just wants friends. All right. Well, welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-capitalist kaiju and giant monster podcast in a world where no one is coming to save us. I'm Rabbit, here with Charlie. Today we are talking about 2021's The Suicide Squad. Um, Charlie, you want to give us the scoop? I'll, 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 I'll scoop it all up for you. Like a big old pile of vanilla ice cream. You asked me what I would do with Weasel. Like, I think Weasel and I would be pretty chill. Like, I think we'd be butts. So, I mean... Like, I don't have any kids. I mean, you have this animal that's murdered a bunch of children what is your solution well he wouldn't have murdered him because we'd just be kicking it (laughs) we'd just be vibing so you know that's the whole problem like i you know weasel does remind me of a 16 17 year old rabbit hell yeah yeah that's pretty (laughs) much what i was like it was like until i found weed i was just like weasel all the time (laughs) yeah Pretty and much. Then I started getting high and I was just like King Shark. Um, okay. What's up, dude? What's this movie about? Savant. Powers, genius intellect, and excellent combat skills. Rick Flag. Power, being a soldier. Javelin. Power, javelin. TDK. Power, detachable limbs. Harley Quinn. Powers, incredible acrobat, indomitable will. Super fun. Boomerang. Powers. Boomerang. Blackguard. Power. SNL alumnus. Weasel. Power. Eating children. These villains are all in prison at Belle Reve Penitentiary, a prison where government agent Amanda Waller runs Task Force X, more commonly known as Suicide Squad. She coerces prisoners into becoming covert op agents and implants a bomb in their skull to make sure they follow her every order. For this mission, she tasks the aforementioned prisoners with destroying a science lab, known as Jotunheim, on the island nation of Corto Maltese and the experimental extraterrestrial weapon it contains. The Suicide Squad comes ashore and are promptly attacked by Corto Maltese forces, in the modern-day Bay of Pigs, most of our anti-heroes are wiped out. <laughs> who could have ever seen this coming? Answer? Anyone who knew absolutely anything about this movie. Like, it was really, really fucking obvious. I feel called um, out. I did not... I thought it was great that they all got mowed down. I didn't realize it would happen. I mean, like, I knew nothing about this movie except for John Cena was a major character. Idris Elba was a major character. Um... King Shark was a major character, so I was like, obviously this is not the Suicide Squad we're going to be following, besides Harley Quinn. <laughs> I didn't realize, I knew King Shark was in it, but I hadn't thought about it, so I fully was like, okay, this is a weird cast. Like, I fully was in it. <laughs> they got me so hard. Anyway, sorry, keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. No, now okay. I feel like an asshole. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, luckily, Waller had a backup squad who were pursuing the same mission. Enter... Ratcatcher 2, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, and Polka Dot Man. They end up not being massacred and successfully pursue their mission, meeting up with Harley Quinn and Rick Flag along the way. 
In Jotunheim, they discover a giant alien starfish named Starro that shoots out many starfish that attach themselves to faces and feeds on human consciousness while controlling the bodies that house said consciousness. At the same time, it's discovered that the Americans were the ones conducting the experiments in the first place, and this whole operation was to cover this fact up, not necessarily to destroy Starro. Peacemaker, wanting to protect America from scrutiny, faces off against Rick Flagg over the hard drive that could expose this terrible secret. Peacemaker wins, but peace will not come easily, as he faces down Bloodsport's tiny-ass bullets. Now our Suicide Squad must face off against Starro. Will they win? Yes, of course they do. They use sharks, they use rats, they use javelins, and they use guns and polka dots, and they fucking win! Yeah! They caught and compromised to a permanent end, Starro the Conqueror. The end. Written and directed by James Gunn, with Margot Robbie as the delightful Harley Quinn. Idris Elba as the kind of boring and generic blood sport. Steve Agee as the hungry boy King Shark. Daniel Melchior as the coolest fuck rat catcher too. Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. John Cena as the bag of shit peacemaker. And David Dasmalchian as Polka Dot Man. It's the Suicide Squad, baby! Woo! All right. Ooh. Damn, thank you for that. That, like, put me back in it. Do you know the the caught and compromised to a permanent end, what that's referencing? No. So I was really hoping that they would use this, that uh, John, the peacemaker, would say something like, we caught and compromised to a permanent end, uh, whoever the president was, or Star or whatever. Because okay. it's, uh, when Osama bin Laden was killed, he there was a wrestling event going on. And he came out, and it might have even been before it was like public, publicly announced at all. But yeah, he came out, and he was like, just ah, blah, 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 blah. He does this whole preamble, uh, not a whole preamble speech, there's a few sentences where he talks about, you know, like, the army or whatever. And he's like, and I am proud to announce that we have caught and compromised to a permanent end, Osama Bin Laden. And this whole wrestling crowd just erupts, like, yeah, America, America. So is he like a pro-U.S. guy? Like, is he like a very... I, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Um, and I could be wrong. Maybe, like, maybe it was just, like, announced while the event was going on and you sure. heard about it. But I feel like it was before it's announced. It'd just be really funny if he was like super fucking serious about being pro America and then played this character that was clearly talking <laughs> shit on the US. Like that'd be so great. Yeah, I don't know. I know there was some recent controversy where uh he like called Taiwan like an independent nation and then he like apologized and then everyone was pissed at him for apologizing. Yeah. Because yeah. Damn. <laughs> Interesting. That's as far as I know about his politics. Yeah, for sure. And for now, sure. now everyone is just like that Chinese stooge John Cena. Jesus. <laughs> um. So, would you would you uh, generally think about the movie? This is not our normal. Uh, I had no idea what to think that you would think when I proposed we did this because I know you're you're not really a comic book movie guy, are you? Yeah, not really. I haven't seen that many. Um, 
everyone's always like, what? You should see him. You're, you're an elitist for not seeing him. You're a snob for not seeing him. It's, there's a million movies on my list of things I want to see. Yeah. Those aren't in it. If I'm hanging out with someone and they want to watch it, I have no objections. I don't. Yeah, totally. It's not that I don't enjoy the movies or dislike them. It's just not totally in my bag. So I'm not going to go out of my way to see them. But I, when I watch, when I watch them, I mean, I enjoy most movies I watch. I get some enjoyment yeah. out of it. But uh, yeah, this was a perfectly fun. Um, I, I it's very enjoyable. It's a lot of great violence. Um, they actually used squibs in this, which uh, nice. Which is a big uh, thumbs up for me because that's rare these days. Um, yeah. Um, still too much uh, CGI, CGI effects, Definitely. not enough practical effects. But uh, but yeah, overall, I thought it was very fun. The humor in it, um, it usually landed, but not as heavily as I think James Gunn thought it was landing, at least for me anyways. Um, mm. uh, it was always just more of like a slight chuckle for me. Uh, no vomit humor, so that's a downside. <laughs> um, yes, I like the movie. I, nice. I I enjoyed it. I was not upset that you picked it. <laughs> uh, what do you think of it? You said it was the best comic book movie ever when you texted me. Is that we? Should I was do it. pretty well. I was pretty uh, high in a mania from watching it and on a lot of kratom. But yes, I think it was. I don't think there's like I've seen almost all the Marvel movies except for one. Um, and I've seen, I haven't seen many DC movies cause I don't generally like them, but I don't think they're amazing. It's just kind of, they're okay. But this one was definitely one of my favorites. I, I laughed a lot, especially my second watch. I was definitely laughing out loud a lot. Oh, um, sorry for you're insulting fine. your humor a second you ago. Didn't. A minute ago. You were talking about <laughs> your perception of it. I also think it helped. Um, I watched it with Ira and then I watched it with Ella. And I think if I was alone, I don't usually laugh at movies at all. Um, mm. so that was nice cause I don't really watch comedies that much. So I, I don't know. I thought it was, it yeah. Was I mean, I definitely think if I had watched this with somebody, it probably would have been more enjoyable. Um, for sure. I'm just, I mean, these kind of movies, they seem more like something that's good to experience with somebody. It's just, it's yeah. Like a crowd, just, like seeing yeah. in a theater would have been nice. Cause you have people like cheering and shit. Um, yeah, that seems like it'd been great. I thought it was great. I, I thought the, it just had like. It checked a lot of boxes. It was funny. It had cool action, like you said. Um, had a kaiju. Had very like some interesting themes. Um, and some of the characters were so fucking cool. Uh, so yeah, I did. I generally liked it. It flowed really well. Um, I mean, like the part when they just murdered the whole resistance movement on accident was so <laughs> funny to me. Like, just like that just happens in this movie. They destroy an entire resistance movement basically, and. Like, it's just, like, a joke, and then it keeps moving on. Like, it's just so absurd. I had fun with it. I have a question about that scene. Um, do you think Amanda Waller knew that that was the Resistance group when she told them to Ooh. kill kill on sight anybody you see and exterminate extreme prejudice? I hadn't thought of that. Um, I would have to watch it again to see how I read it, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, on my rewatch, I was I was wondering about that. Yeah, good um, question. I definitely thought of it as adding to the list of things where the government just doesn't care. They're like, oh, he's over there, kill anybody. And mm. I, in my mind, it was it was much in line with like, oh shit, weasel can't swim. Oh shit, this guy's scared of rats. Like just not thinking about them at all and not caring. But now that you say that, it, both are totally possible. 
I mean, that might be... They don't really give anything to imply that they... That she was, like, kill this uh, um, resistance that, that she would saw it as a resistance group. They don't... Yeah. But it, it kind of seems like... It's something that the government would do, and just oh, like totally. her insistence that they kill on sight, and yeah, the government um, take down a resistance <laughs> group. What? Um, I don't know, Charlie. This movie's weird, but not that out of you know. Uh, I also just realized I left out one of the characters in my um, synopsis. Uh, Which one? Like orange alien oh, looking lady, mongrel, mangrel. Yeah, I don't know what her name was. Yeah, she's one of the ones. That's yes, I in left it. her out. My bad. You jerk. Um, also, you said you haven't seen one Marvel movie. Which Marvel movie? The Hulk. Captain America. Okay. Cool. Well, should we go into it? Let's get into it, baby. Let's put these gloves on and go. So obviously the reason that we are talking about this superhero movie on No Gods, No Monsters is because there's a freaking kaiju in this shit. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what they say. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously you were expecting there to be a giant monster in this, right? (laughs) Yes, because you said we should cover this. There's a a giant monster in it. A character even says there's a freaking kaiju. (laughs) That's that so yeah. I was like, expecting a, that. That sounds like monster. me. Um, I knew there was going to be a giant monster, but I didn't expect a that they'd call it a kaiju. B that it would be so kaiju like. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was just going to be a giant monster, but it was cool that it felt very much like someone who knew what a kaiju was and was cared about trying to make it kind of fit a lot of the things that a lot of our favorite kaiju have. You know. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about a few ways that. It's a kaiju. What do you got? It's, uh, I mean, it's giant and it's a monster, <laughs> which fits That's, my typical definition for a kaiju. Uh, also, it's kind of a monster that humans brought upon themselves, yeah. which is uh, something we often find in the kaiju-verse. Um, Definitely. I mean, we're not... We're not entirely sure about the whole process in which it was captured, but it seems like it was just floating around and humans Definitely. discovered it and were just like, yo, let's let's take a snag of this star beast, yo. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, in which and case, you brought this upon yourselves. I guess I didn't and- think about the fact that cuz I was thinking, oh, they brought it back to Earth, but like it was in control of the astronauts at that point. Right? Was it? Yeah, because in, inside the footage from the thing, like, it, they grabbed it and brought it inside. But then it grabbed onto their faces. And so, Oh, I did didn't it, know that. I think so, right? But either way, the idea is, yeah, it was just chilling and we had to fuck with it. Yeah, well, also, um, it says at the end when they're killing it, it says through one of its people it's taking control of, I was happy floating, staring at the stars. Yes, which is the fucking um, best line. Um, yeah, because I'm often happy when I'm just floating and staring at the stars. So I can imagine dream, if baby. I was a star beast <laughs> up in the stars doing that. Like, hell yeah. It just, yeah, it seemed like it didn't need anything to survive. It could just chill and it was digging it. Like, it didn't consider yeah. that hell. It was digging it. And... 
I mean, that's one of the interesting things about this movie. It's like, so a lot like Godzilla or King Kong, it's like they didn't ask to be there. They just are brought somewhere where they don't belong and they're destructive just by the act of being themselves. And like, mm-hmm. uh, oh my God, what was I going to say? Hold on. This is a kaiju. <laughs> just kidding. And, <laughs> okay, what I was going to say is that... Um, and so, like, yeah, he it's not, like, a villain, really. Like, it's the villain of the film for a while, but it's not, like... I don't think of it as any more a villain than Godzilla. It's just doing what it's doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I slightly disagree with that, because... When it first takes control of people, it says, like, this city is mine, this city is mine, which is more totally. antagonistic than anything we see from the earlier Godzilla's, at least. Obviously, there's some where he's more of a bad guy, but... I mean, just because he doesn't say it, he's just walking around burning shit, you know? Yeah. He's just... He's just... Like... He's just being a cutie. I guess I just mean he's reacting to being, as he also says, tortured for 30 years. Um, yeah and so like yeah i just i sympathize with him even though he's oh no i totally sympathize with him but (laughs) i'm just saying saying this is my city is kind of uh yeah that's true it's just a little bit more aggressive i guess than uh outwardly specifically aggressive than the kind of more general chaos of just uh uh godzilla was just wandering around having to wander be wandering around where cities are but he's not just happening to be wondering. He's shooting his atomic breath at shit. Yeah, because he tripped over something that they put up in his way. <laughs> not the only reason. He, come, he comes out of the water and goes straight to Tokyo and just burns that shit. Um, yeah. But... Anyway, they're all good guys. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. We both agree. Yeah, and like, on top of the things we've already said that make him very kaiju-like, and I agree with you, I think. I don't really care what's a kaiju and not. I'm not like, that's a kaiju, that's not about mm-hmm. giant monsters. I just think that it's very interesting that there's all these similarities between most of them. And it's, it's like, kind of the spirit of the themes of most of the movies, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think because of all the things we've said, the the giant starfish also is just kind of like Godzilla, who's a metaphor, and other ones are, like, se- or symbol um, he's kind of a metaphor or symbol for, like, the atrocities that our government and other governments are doing. You know, they're the ones doing the experimentation. They're putting people at risk all the time, trying to cover it up. So, like, any destruction he does feel like, oh, look how a symbol for how fucked up our, the governments are and the scientists are, you know? One thing I thought was kind of a missed opportunity in terms of uh, commentary is... So they bring up how the Nazis created this place, um, and then the Nazis were killed because the government accepted a bounty on their heads or whatever. And then later, years later, the United States, because they didn't want to conduct experiments on their own soil, they used, they made a deal with the government to, of, uh, what's the country, Culto Maltese or whatever, um. Anyways, they made a deal with that government to to be able to do experiments that they weren't comfortable doing with the, on American soil. But I feel like there could have been a way that they could have connected America to the Nazis in some way um, in terms of making a commentary. Because, like, you know, there was Operation Paperclip was a huge thing that uh, 
I feel like there could have been something, a better connection they could have made where the Nazis actually had a connection to the experiments being currently done. And Didn't they? Do you know what I'm saying? But didn't they? No. Because they, they, no. it was super Operation Paperclip. They brought, like, the Nazis fled to Argentina and then started working on these experiments. And we started working on them with them, carrying on their experience with them, just like Operation Paperclip. I thought it was the Nazis came, they built that place, and then the Nazis were killed. And then later the Americans came and were just like, uh, can we conduct our experiments here? That's not what I thought at all. Maybe oh. I'm... Maybe I'm misunderstanding. I thought that we were carrying on Nazi experiments. Um, That's not what I got from it. I got I got from it that there was like a disconnect, and the 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 two were not connected really in any way, otherwise other than being at the same place. Um, interesting. What do uh, we do? Because I because I was kind of like upset and bothered. I was like, but we did. Uh, employ specifically seek out and employ nazi scientists and like uh, to to continue their experiments and ask about their their data like i mean that's what i thought they were saying like why else would they do you know what i mean like i i thought, I thought it was just <laughs> all right we gotta take a break and watch that part we gotta find <laughs> yeah. out okay so you don't think that the nazis had anything to do with starro uh no i think the nazis created the place and they did horrible experience there, but then they were killed. Years went by. The Americans got a hold of Starro, and they did experiments at the same place. So I think it kind of gives the place like an e evil aura of history or whatever, but I don't think there's meant to be any direct connection between the Nazis and the Americans. I mean, I, I do think it on its own is a connection that they were doing... Uh experiments there then we took over we didn't say we went there just because it was starro right weren't we there before that doing experiments or is starro the reason that we went there i think starro's the reason why we're there okay well either way i think it connects it because the like not just at the building but like it's a place for experiments we're carrying on crazy experiments i think it's supposed to be drawing a line but i just don't know how we know that we weren't working with them the whole time or that the nazis weren't killed recently by the harara family I just don't know how we know that. I don't know either way. Well, they would have had to be pretty old. But yeah, I mean, another thing, Starro has only been like 30 years or something. Wait, are uh, you saying you think it's the same? I just assumed, like, Nazis live in Argentina and then, like, generations of them keep doing fucked up shit. I thought that's what they meant. But I don't know. They don't say. Yeah, I don't know. So, so uh, what do you think of Starro in general? I, 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 he's very goofy looking. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional, but just, like, the whole CGI of it, it just looks so out of place, I guess, in the world. And yeah. looked very, very goofy. But, um... Definitely. Fun and silly. I, 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 I don't know. I liked them. I, I like sea creatures, and this is a giant sea creature. Space I like, creature. Um, sea space creature, mm. um, like I always say. Yeah. Uh, the sea is... I mean, space is basically the sea, and the sea is is the space of Earth. Uh, these are things that are well known. That's and, why James um, Cameron made aliens so he could get deep space craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I like Sorrow. He's he's uh, the my kind of dude. I'd I'd uh, I'd watch uh, some Twin Peaks with him. <laughs> I liked that. Uh, I feel like I didn't. 
yeah, he's silly. He's so CGI that like when he was smashing buildings and shit, I wasn't like, yeah, like I do with most kaiju. Like it was cool, but I wasn't, you know, it didn't feel yeah. like there was an impact, but I really liked, I liked that he like did a little cartwheel thing and he still just looked the same. Um, <laughs> I liked that. I love like that line. Uh, I was, I was happy floating, staring at the stars. That one. Um, I love that. I just love that. He's just like, it's just such a funny end. Cause he's just this, yeah, like dick. Mm-hmm. He's just like, Bleh! and like, I, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a funny combo. And the fact that he can grab people's faces and turn them into drones, but then kind of talk through them, I think was perfect. Cause if that giant star yeah. was talking, it would be so stupid. Um, yeah. But that worked really well. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Um, he, uh, I guess I kind of wish he was, maybe it's because personally I'm a kaiju fan. Gonna let the secret out of the bag. So I wish he kind of played a bigger role in the movie instead mm-hmm. of kind of just being like a little end note. Well, um, I didn't feel like he was like a big focus of the movie. Uh, True. Um, and another thing, he also didn't seem um, earlier in the movie, like the, the new, the, generals slash presidents are talking about how like we could release him into a country and destroy them or whatever but it seems like he's pretty easy to take down like his eye is his weak spot and that's like fucking giant and yeah it, it just it seems like a modern military like a, a fighter jet would kind of not have uh much trouble taking but they don't have rats they didn't you know they they don't they're not looking at the like the real owners of the city they don't know about the rats man they, they're they're the overlooked you know they tried with guns it didn't hurt them at all you need the rats dude they weren't even shooting at the eye yeah idris Elba, oh they uh, shot at the eye bullets bounced off the eye for sure oh did they yeah okay um, but a javelin can pierce it <laughs> I, I like i get what you're saying well it's and ja- rats can pierce it it's the javelin <laughs> but I, I agree, and I think that, like, in their minds, it would be even bigger when it was doing it, so maybe it would be more destructive, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Duh, just poke it in the eye, idiots. But they didn't know yeah. that, because they don't want to kill their fucking precious weapon. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, idiots. also, like, uh, Deadshot? Is that? No. Uh, Deathsport? Deadsport? Deathsport? Bloodsport. Bloodsport. He, um... He comes out and he starts shooting it, and he's not even shooting at the eye. He's just like shooting at the body and the the limbs. I think he's not aiming at the eye. It's like why? That's the most obvious place to shoot at. What the fuck are you doing? He's not a cruel man, you know. That's you don't shoot another man in the eye, Charlie. That's not blood. Mm. Blood sports. Uh, you've never uh, seen me in a gunfight. That's true. I just think he's a gentleman. He does a proper duel oh yeah and that's that's a whole thing that they're setting up with him while he's yelling at his daughter for uh <laughs> existing <is> blood sport <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean man's got good taste in sports i don't really get i thought all of the things with star were cool i thought the way that it shot the things out of its armpits like actually mm-hmm. seemed kind of menacing when there were that when it was that big and you saw that many it was like oh fuck yeah like, um I really liked that uh, the kind of added symbolism around him, how, like, the starfish attached to all of the, like, uh, 
normies and like the soldiers faces but our anti-heroes who like see past the law didn't get turned into mm. them it felt very much like these are the drones versus the like people who see through all the the phantasms and bullshit you know um, yeah especially a uh, rat catcher in particular the most uh the most sensitive and um in tune one of them she's the one that picked it out immediately like cover your face don't let yeah. it touch your face true good job rat catcher showing totally. for showing up for the millennials Hell yeah. i appreciate it um yeah in general i just and i i don't know i liked that uh i liked its tragic ending uh it was just sick um mm-hmm. i was very pleased that it wasn't just I just, I think part of the reason I was so excited when I, after I watched it, I was like, I didn't think it was going to be actually a kaiju. Like, they knew what a kaiju was. They did it. Yeah. It was cool. Hey, Disney, maybe not... put some fucking uh, kaiju in your in your uh, Marvel movies and I'll go fucking see them, huh? How about that? <laughs> Definitely. Um, cool. Should we move on from Starro? Yeah. Let's move on to Weasel for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, so... Obviously, Starro's kind of a villain, but our main set of heroes, anti-heroes, are also, you know, villains, arch nemeses of, or like, the they don't like superheroes. They're the bad ones of the comics. Good and bad, these are the bad ones. They're also, like, each... mostly, like, the unnotable bad ones, the lesser bad ones that you forgot existed. Or never knew existed. Harley... Yeah, outside of Harley Quinn. Totally. Um, by the way, are you... Like, what's your history with comic books? Or were you ever like a comic book guy? I not like a real like I had like a phase where I read a lot of Marvel. Like, um, I read a lot of Spider Man, some Daredevil, some X Men, um, some Fantastic Four, uh, and I was like, and I was re- like really into this one Agent X that was like kind of Deadpool adjacent. But I I feel like the only DC I ever read was like some of the famous Batmans and uh, like some green arrow. Yeah. I um kind of collected comics as a kid, but never like super into it. Never like religiously read anything. Um, yeah. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. I was just kind of curious if you totally. were, or if you were familiar with suicide squad before um, this, or the, I guess before the first movie, the only character in this that I even knew about in any real way was Harley Quinn and i've never read her in a comic i've seen her in the show the animated show that was her like where she came from before she was in the comics um and i uh had seen birds of prey and now as of today the first one of these but like other than that i didn't know any of these people at all i think i'd seen uh, peacemaker before yeah i'm in the exact same boat where harley quinn is the only one i was familiar with and i've never even i don't think i've ever read in, in a comic with her or anything just from seeing her in other media like cartoons and, for sure yeah you know she's from that cartoon though right she was she originated in the cartoon she originated in the uh i think 90s batman cartoon that's what she's originally from i feel um, like i did know that at one point for sure but yeah us us real nerds who've you know read a ton of dc little batman little green air we know i know this stuff <laughs> Um, so it feels like, it doesn't feel like any of the main characters are super wasted. Like, I just watched the first one, and it was like, why the fuck is Boomerang there? Like, you have no point. Like, which is cool that they put them <laughs> so early in this. But it's just like, there's so many characters where you're like, why? They just want to throw somebody else in. I feel like each one of these kind of represents something that has to do with a theme or something. And so, uh, mm-hmm. or plays into the, to the arc of the movie. So, uh, 
Should we go through them like that? Let's do it. All right, let's start with Peacemaker. So, uh, what I do mean, you think? This one's a puzzle. What do you think he represents? Uh, peace and making it. Yeah. Um, totally. As, as a lover of peace myself, this is the character I most identified with. Um, and the character I was reading for the entire time. Yeah, totally. Um, so obviously, Peacemaker is like the villain inside the villains. He's, uh, stands for like you said it well earlier in your description i'm trying to remember the word you used but like patriotic and nationalist rhetoric being a cover for like violence and authoritarianism you know like the usa's fucking mouthpiece yeah i mean that's that's what the usa does they're always we're keeping the peace and we're killing. spreading democracy yeah we love democracy no not that kind of democracy <laughs> dead I loved that. So obviously he's like saying all these lines like, we have to keep the peace. It's worth any price. And uh, there'll be an international incident if the news spreads of us experimenting on children. Um, But I love that those feel so separate from who he is most of the time. It's like he goes into a mode where he's in media mode. But most of the time he's just like a snotty little shit. Um, Who dresses horribly. Who dresses horribly. His costume's horrible, and then when he's just regular dressing, he just looks like such an asshole. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he's like a frat boy on vacation or something, a frat boy dad on yeah. vacation. And, like, I just love, I think it's so funny that he's just such an immature little fuck weasel. Not, we, not weasel, sorry. Immature little <laughs> shit. Uh, and, fuck and, raccoon. <laughs> and then he like just can turn on those phrases as if he cares about shit. You know, it reminds me of like mm. Republicans, like trying to sound like sophisticated or like they give a shit like, no, we can't have immigrants coming here because we have to take care of our own first. And then you're like, mm-hmm. well, okay, let's take care of each other. And like, fuck you. Like he's just very American. Yeah. And I love that his beacon of freedom on his head is a toilet seat. That's so symbolic. <laughs> Wait, is it actually a toilet seat? No, but that's what they call it. Uh, I know they called it that, yeah. but I never looked closely. And then when you just said that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I just think it's great that like that the beacon of freedom itself, somebody calls it a toilet seat. Like that's obviously not yeah, yeah, an accident. For sure. Um, well, I just want to quote the line. I cherish peace with all my heart, and I don't care how many men, women, and children I need to kill to get it. <laughs> so good. Oh, I hope. John Cena is like secretly super. No, I don't. I just okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I just fucking hated him, dude, so much the whole yeah. time. Yeah, I was hating them entire time, and then at the end, it's like, oh, and then he's just trying to, uh, you know, he turns out as more of a, he turns out as an actual villain. So you're like, ah, yeah. oh, yes, I even more justified in my hatred for him. Not only does he have like is he an actual villain but he actually had his own like anti the team uh yeah mission it, it yeah it's just perfect that like to keep the peace like his whole mission the guy who's supposed to keep the peace his mission isn't to save anybody it's to cover up what's uh-huh. going on it just makes it it hammers it home yeah because it would make a international incident exactly in which the U- the united states would look bad yeah yeah exactly like there will be an international incident while you're looking at an incident of a giant starfish smashing shit yeah and there's all these people in in fucking cages that have been screaming and they've been like 
experimenting on political dissidents and rivals and <laughs> like yeah it's just it's also like of all the things that's come of light of like what america has done throughout the years like how bad would this international incident be like yeah nothing. it would make other countries mad at you like it doesn't even matter that would amount to nothing <laughs> they all hate us we only yeah it's just that we have the second most amount of nukes and by far the yeah. biggest fucking military like that's the only reason yeah so all that would happen is at the un there would be a vote to to say tis tis to america and then you would you and israel would vote against it and it wouldn't <laughs> exactly can't have that that's yeah yeah and maybe maybe stocks would go down for a second (laughs) you know that's the real thing going on (laughs) all right should we move on to rick flag yeah let's move on to rick flag so he's a soldier he's a soldier i my view of him is definitely different now than it was earlier today when i hadn't seen the first when i hadn't seen the first movie just to be clear there's this is a complete, like, different... Like, no, this... It's both. The, the first one doesn't exist, right? It does. So... It does? Yeah. It's a, it, it's a sequel, but it's also a reboot, and it's purposely a reboot where you don't need to have seen the first one at all on purpose. But Rick Flag is the same Rick Flag. Um, Harley Quinn oh. is the same Harley Quinn and has done that stuff before. They never reference it. Um... The Amanda Waller is the same. She's the main bat. She has the same role, but she's a bigger character in the first one. And Boomerang is one of the main characters. And then he gets killed in the beginning of this one. That's one of the things to make you think like those guys aren't going to get slaughtered. Um, but is it is the same actor as Boomerang too? Yeah, all of them. All the, all of those are the same actors. I knew Harley Quinn was. Yeah. Um, so it is a sequel, but it's very, like. Rick Flag even acts a little different. You could say time had passed, but like it's, it was purposely. You don't need to have seen the first one at all. Okay, I um, thought this was just a complete reboot. It. I mean, yeah. It. They want you to think either one works for you. That's why they called it the Suicide mm. Squad. That's why I called it a sequel slash reboot. Everybody argued forever before it came out about what it was because it was purposely confusing because the first one was so bad but made a lot of money. Mm. Um. But yeah, so Rick Flagg in that movie, he's way more of an asshole. He's like the head of the Suicide Squad. Well, Amanda Waller makes him the head of the Suicide Squad, and he's just a dick to all the prisoners. But he has an arc in that movie where he eventually like lets lets them go and lets them be free. So it's kind of weird that he does it again here. Because <laughs> um, his whole arc in the first movie is to let them go, but he's still... A government patsy and i think that's why when he says at the end like i'm sick of being a puppet fuck this it's like an even bigger arc not only did he let them go in the first one but this one he's just mm. like fuck this whole program um because originally i was thinking of rick as like well what did what did you think of him having just seen this movie like only this one yeah so i just thought he was kind of a, a naive patriotic soldier basically yeah. soldier who who believes his country's always on the right side, and and he believes in fighting for his country, what his country's doing. But then his his uh, it's kind of shown to him that actually his country has done some shitty stuff, and yeah. he wants ultimately he wants to do what's right. So he wants to expose that, even though it's going against um, the country that he so blindly believed in before. Totally, that's kind of what I saw. So overall, that's kind of like a good. I, 
you know, it's, it's a good character. Obviously, he's yeah. super naive, but uh, he wants what's right. Yeah, I I agree, and it it's an interesting thing too because he's, you can tell like he's not just all government. He's hanging out with the with the resistance group, and he's stoked on that. And like, yeah, he's the only one in there who, who like on the team who doesn't hate the government outright. Like they all are prisoners mm. and like being forced, mm. and he doesn't. But he's the first one to decide to do something good, which is pretty cool. Um, the weird thing that complicates it, and again, because it's kind of a reboot, I don't think that these stories, they both do and don't connect. But in the first one, like, he sees some shit. And, like, like Amanda Waller is working in a room with all these FBI agents, and then she just picks up a gun and murders all four of them while they're at their desks and shit. And then she's like... That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. And then she's like, this was above their clearance. And he's like, oh, I understand. I've had to clean up messes before. And it's just like, he's totally cool with... <laughs> this shit that he yeah. so it's just weird but yeah that that sounds very different than this character yes he's <laughs> yeah it's it's very weird but um yeah i mean i think that again this does kind of stand alone and that movie's so bad like to this i'm just like oh that's who rick flag is now and i fully agree with the way you put it and i think it was cool that like he wanted to be a whistleblower basically he's like fuck mm -hmm. this yeah ultimately he he wants what's right, and he's always been led to believe that America is what's right. But when it's he's faced with evidence that that's not the case, he's still going to push for what's right, and even if it goes against America, fully. I mean, he has some evidence before, you know, because they're putting bombs in the back of prisoners' heads and uh, <laughs> that shit. But it it got to a certain <laughs> level, you know. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't prisoners anymore. It was like just civilians mm -hmm. and shit. Yeah, I mean, we are conditioned to think that. Uh, Americans are conditioned to think that prisoners are just the scum of the earth. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the, uh, yeah. the Werner Herzog? I think it's his documentary about death row. No, I have not seen that. Um, it was going, uh, there's a clip from it going around today um, where this prosecutor laughs at him or like shakes her head at him for, and says that something like, Oh, you're humanizing the person on death row. And at the end of the interview, <laughs> he's, he's like, I have to stop you there and say, I just have to tell you, I'm going to get it wrong, but, like, I am not humanizing them. They are already human. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, Jesus. you know, and it was like, yeah. Um, Wait, who is she again? A prosecutor who sends prosecutor. them. Prosecutor, yeah. yeah. I guess because for her, she has to think of them as non-human. Oh, yeah. Fucking, yeah. I mean, that's how it all God. works. That's how prison guards do it. That's how judges yeah. do it, you know? Yeah. That's how lots of soldiers do it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's part of the reason Cops. that uh, privilege exists so hard in this country is not only because of institutional like money, but because in order to successfully dehumanize someone, it's a lot easier if you can other them first. And since most of the people in charge are fucking white, it's a lot easier yeah. to dehumanize people that aren't like them. You know, it's gross. Yeah, of course. Anyway, that's why King Shark and Weasel are in prison, and it's fucking bullshit. There was no evidence. Um, There's no evidence that he ate 27 children? Yeah. It was, it was fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah, you trust the cops. Wow. You trust the no, cops? No, I they trust... They planted those children's bodies. Weasel was in front of me, and he vomited up a child's skull, so that's what I was trusting. He just said there was no vomit humor. Fucking liar. <laughs> it wasn't humor. It was very serious. Okay. <laughs> um, I like the actor who played Rick Flagg. He's been in a lot of stuff, and I thought he did a good job in this. Um, all right, let's move on to Ratcatcher 2.
You like yeah. this one. Yeah, she um she was awesome because I can relate to her because she likes sleep and she she has a high emotional intelligence, which, you know, I have supremely high all kinds of intelligence. <laughs> um her powers are um were awesome. Controlling rats is so cool. And yeah. but she's not just controlling rats, she also relates to rats and and uh it's kind of cool how, yeah, it's not just, I can make rats do this. It's like she sympathizes with rats. She kind of uh, has an analysis of rats that's, yeah. uh, you know, they're they're the despised lower creatures, but they actually have immense power and are their own right. They're, uh, they're good. There's yeah. nothing inherently evil or bad about them, even though they're despised by everybody. Um, you know, she had a great backstory with uh, her super loving father, um, Ratcatcher One, but uh, he had a heroin addiction and died of an overdose on the streets. But he loved his daughter, and he taught her about the rats and made the the rat equipment for her. And and uh, I. I it's awesome how she became a bank robber with uh, fucking yeah. rats. That's that's totally. cool. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, and yeah, like uh, the shark uh, tried to eat her, and she was just like, "Well, let's be friends. Yeah, like, you won't eat me if we're friends, right?" And she like actually, it, it wasn't. It didn't just seem like she was putting a bandit on. It seemed like she legitimately was like, "I want to be friends with you." Let's. It, I. She was awesome all around. I agree, and I love that in that scene. She's like. If I die for love or whatever, like it'll be worth. Like basically, like it's worth mm-hmm. it to try to do the right thing and live my life a different way. If I live my life all afraid, then what's the point? Um, one of my favorite things about her is that you, her power, a lot of it comes from the fact that people don't expect the lowly and despised rats to that there's mm-hmm. so many and that they could be so powerful together. Um. And also, you don't expect her, of all people, to be the one that saves the day. You, she's the lowly. She's the tired one. She's not even listening to the plan. She mm-hmm. Bloodsport says, like, I'll watch your back. And she's like, I'll watch yours or something like that. Um, or, like, I'll save you. Uh, and then, so, yeah, it's like she plays the role of the rat, where it's the last person you expect mm-hmm. to take down Starro. And that, that just ties it together really well. Yeah. I also like that her dad is Taika Waititi. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You covered it, man. She's awesome. Um, I watched this with Ella, and she wanted me to make sure to mention that something like 40% of electrical fires are caused by rats. So that it was really cool that they sabbed the, like, cameras and shit. Uh, <laughs> she wanted to make sure that you knew God, that. that's such an awesome power. and It's, it's such a unique power, too. Like, Yes. I mean, just like you see... Bloodsport and Peacemaker, and they make a joke about how they have the exact same power, and like that is just kind of like a, a very kind of just like, uncreative generic power. Just like I can make anything into an accurate weapon. Yeah. I'm excellent at, you know, like so many of the powers. Just like I'm super strong. I'm super fast. It's just like so stupid, uncreative. But her power, I can control rats and yeah. And, not only like I can control rats, they're also my friends, and it, it's so unique and cool. And she's fantastic. I, 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 I want to. She's probably my favorite character. She's so awesome. Yeah, um, 
I uh, think you're a piece of shit because it's fucked up to control animals like that, but it's fine. Um, I think they're willing. It's true. I think she's just like, she's just so chill with them. She's just like, hey, if you want to go over here, you can. And they're all like, fuck yeah. I think it's more that she can communicate with them and uh, uh, communicate what she wants. And they're happy to agree and do what she wants. Totally. Then it is that she's forcing them against their will or anything. That's true. That's true. Um, I really like uh, when Harley Quinn's floating in the eye and they're eating the veins yeah. in the eye and the blood's everywhere. <laughs> and uh, she just, Harley Quinn just thinks it's so beautiful. It's just, that's great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, how about Polka Dot Man? Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting <laughs> character. <laughs> so... We have Harley Quinn, who's, like, you know, mentally ill, but it's also kind of, like, is she? Like, she's a very weird character, and, like, she's mentally ill because she's, like, what, like, some could say she had it coming or whatever. But I feel like Polka Dot Man was more the illustration of, like, uh, somebody who's mentally and physically ill and being taken advantage of or, like, locked up and la- by the justice system, labeled as a criminal, um, just because he can't, like, function in society, not because... He's actually, like, fucked up, you know? I thought it was implied that he killed his mom. Yes, um, but also his mom tortured him and gave him this thing. It'd be really easy to accidentally kill your mom. It'd be easy to... So I don't know. Um, I just think he's clearly a victim of his mom. You know? Yeah, oh also. yeah. 100% he's a victim of his mom. For sure. And 100% the state does not have his uh, best... Um, they are not looking out for him. Um because I don't, I don't know what should happen. I'm just saying that's what I think he represents, is that, like, this is how yes. we deal with mental illness. Oh, he's totally. For yeah. sure. He's um, a funny one, man. It's, it's interesting, because his power is, like, insanely strong. Yeah. Um, it can just fucking, like, melt people, and it dealt some serious damage to Starro, like... Yeah. And, like, easily, too. It's not like it was, like, hard for him to do, do that, so it's like... He's, like, one of the most powerful, maybe the most powerful member of the group, but he's really relegated to kind of, like, a both, I mean, both in terms of how the group treats him, but also how the the film treats him, where he's kind of, like, a a second-string character that you don't, that there's not much focus on at all, but really... He's so strong. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think be. it's because he's powerful, but he's not precise or reliable. I know. You can't. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they have to like coax him into accidentally using his powers. Uh-huh. But yeah, I man, I love the scene where like uh, Bloodsport wakes up and he like goes over and like, shh, like it looks like he's throwing up. But he's <gasps> vomit humor. Nice. Yeah, good movie. <laughs> This movie gets I, five starros. Nice. Oh, I didn't even think about that we could... Shit, I should have said that. It's I so didn't perfect. think about that either until just it's now. Great. <laughs> We're just talking about how we didn't think about how to rate it on this scale. That's, That's so good. Um, this is too easy. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Uh, the Every time that it switched to his view of everyone as his mama was so weird and creepy. Just the look mm. on her face and that they all look kind of the same. Yeah. Um, by the way, I mean, I get that why he's not the leader of their group or whatever. I'm yeah. just saying, like, it's just, like, 
when you see his polka dots in action, it's just like, wow, that's like in so insanely yeah. fucking powerful. And Definitely. like nobody kind of around him really kind of seems to even recognize how powerful it is, I guess. That's uh, true. But yeah, he's a, He's a weird guy. <laughs> He's a weird guy. Yeah, they definitely just treat him like like the the loser that that is tagging along mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I love that he um, cares so much about uh what's his name? Martin, not Martin. Milton. Milton. That's yeah. that's like the only time he takes a stand. It's like because that makes sense now that you said that you're like He's treated like Milton, like they're treating Milton like who? Just this guy in the uh-huh. background? I didn't really think of that. He probably identifies with him. Yeah, yeah. Idris Elba was like, or uh, Bloodsport's like, he was still with us. <laughs> what was Milton going to do? Yeah. Which is so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I like the part when uh, when they're getting their mission and they're sitting in the, the uh, classroom or whatever, um, and uh, Bloodsport's just like, oh my god, we're all going to die. And then he, he goes, I hope so. <laughs> then he's like, let's like, oh man, the only chance I had just made it so much worse. Yeah. The only person in here I didn't know was like ridiculous. <laughs> I, um, I really liked his mom as a giant, as a kaiju. That was sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was pretty funny that like, it's another one of those things where it's like, he, he didn't want to be a villain and so he's like i'm a superhero and then it's like okay his arc's done boom <laughs> boom <laughs> yeah that's kind of sad like the one moment we see him happy and like uh proud of himself and then he's just fucking instantly killed <laughs> not a bad way to die you're happy and proud of yourself yeah that's true that's actually like the best way to die first of all immediate <laughs> second of all like when you're at your happiest moment um just like, sucks that it had to be yeah. his mom that did it. <laughs> well, to be fair, it seems like if anybody killed him, it would have been his mom. Yep, it's true. <laughs> um, what did King? Sh- I don't feel like King Shark represents anything other than uh, uh, like the thing we were talking about in the beginning of you know you just don't fit and belong. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is, I. He's uh one of the most relatable characters in my opinion and that um he he's just he seems very lonely and he wants friendship. They they kind yeah. of show that a few times throughout where um you know, they show obviously like we said, Ratcatcher being like, If you're you won't eat your friend or she asks him like, Would you eat your friends? And he says, I don't have any friends. She's yeah. like, Well, I'll be your friend and would you and he's like, Oh yeah, I'll I, I very much want to be your friend, Mrs. Ratcatcher. I think that was a direct quote. Um, um, and then uh, when he's when they're putting out the explosives, he makes the one that looks like a peacemaker, and he's like, "Look, it's you!" Yeah. Like it's very obvious he's trying to make this connection it's with true. him. And then he's in the aquarium, and he sees these uh, fish that are kind of like mimicking his movements and stuff, and he gets super excited because he's like he's making a connection with these fish like it's very very sweet that yeah. he just really wants to kind of like connect with with other with not other people but with with uh other beings yeah when uh, you're when you're when you meet him he is uh read trying to pretend to read a book because he wants to like mm-hmm. fit in he wants to look like he reads a book because everybody does 
Um, mm-hmm. And he's raising his hand to fit in. Hand. Yeah. And then, like, the part where I think that I identify with him the most is when he's sitting alone in the van and he has nothing yeah. to do. And he's just sitting, staring. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you just could feel how fucking boring and shitty that would feel. Yeah. It's not only that he's sitting in the van with nothing to do. He's sitting in the van with nothing to do while everybody else is in the bar, like, having yes. a great time without him. Totally. Um and where and he before he was like I could I could have a fake mustache and I could go with you guys and they're just like no that's fucking stupid yeah that's true he's a sweetheart man like yeah he's it's it's very sweet and it's like it's very it's I I can definitely identify with it um it's true at least not to the same extent but it's just like sometimes you just you want to have a more connection with people and it's just uh. You know, it was like I've talked about, I have social anxiety and stuff and I have a hard time kind of talking to people and communicating with people. So, so I can sometimes identify with that. For sure. Yeah. And I feel like it, it, it's very similar to Polka Dot Man. Like, I mean, he falls on the ground and gets shot up by all the soldiers and it doesn't (laughs) even hurt King Shark. And so like the two strongest heroes not the flashy good looking mm-hmm. ones but the two strongest are polka dot man and king shark and they're the losers who were left behind and forgotten mm-hmm. um that's interesting wonder if james gunn is a loser and so he's writing all these pathetic attempts for us to <laughs> just kidding i mean probably is a loser yeah of course we're all we, we all are um we're talking about a comic book movie so yeah <laughs> um okay want to talk about harley quinn Wait a second. Comic book movies are huge. Yeah, but sitting and talking about them. Comic book movies are like the biggest money makers. Sitting and talking about them for okay. hours. <laughs> and recording it and putting it yes. <laughs> for people to listen to. Okay, good point. <laughs> um, like sorry, I'm just it's it's even more apparent because we have some friends from out of town and they're all like right on the other side of this wall having a great time. <laughs> and I'm having a great time too but i'm like hey i gotta go talk about a comic book movie <laughs> okay charlie well i hope you clarify like wait wait i'm not a nerd it's for There's my a job. kaiju in Monster. it that's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right um i'm just kidding they're fans of the show shout out uh to sh- fans of the show all the fans of the show are great none of you are losers um neither mm, are we i know some of them it's true uh my mom started listening, and she's a loser. Aw. She's a... She's a fucking loser, Three dude. episodes in, she she just started Troll uh, troll Hunter. Okay. Nice. She's listening through episode by episode uh, one. Uh, what it, so, co- yeah, one did... She's listening... Yes. From the beginning. What are you saying? In order? <laughs> they come out? Yes. Okay. In order. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I thought you had a legit stroke, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. But she likes it. She's she's a fan. Hell yeah, go mom. She Your said mom's... you you terrified her in our um, uh, beast from the fathoms episode. Why? Because he talked about some climate stuff about like viruses oh. being like frozen that are now being like let out or, or stuff, and she said that that like super she's brought up a few times how, how much that scared her dude if she thinks that's terrifying wait till she hears about when i called her a loser just now <laughs> 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 
that will terrify her. <laughs> I hope she knows that we're kidding because we called ourselves. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Charlie Quinn. Um, I don't really know. I feel like she's thrown in differently than the other characters where she doesn't have one thing that's her thing. She's just Harley Quinn, so she's in the movie and she's cool. Mm. She's yeah. got a javelin. That's her thing. She's that's really her. into figuring out with the javelin. Is I love that <laughs> she she wants to fulfill his final wish, but it doesn't seem like that's why. It seems like she thinks, oh, this was meant for me. This is my journey. What am I <laughs> supposed to do? Not like I must... Now, like, I, I care about this person yeah. and what, uh, what he wanted. Totally. Um, what do you think of her um, in general? Well, first of all, Kevin Smith naming his daughter Harley Quinn. Come on. I didn't know that. that. You didn't know that? Yeah, it's... Uh, come on, it's Kevin Smith. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but besides that... Uh... <laughs> Which didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> I was going to give it a five starros, but it's a four and a half because he, he named his kid that. <laughs> um, I like the choice of actress, and she does a great job. Um, I don't know. She's she's absolutely delightful. She's a lot of fun. Um, I feel like Harley Quinn could be a character that could often kind of come across as super annoying. Yeah. But I don't think this iteration of Harley Quinn came off as annoying Yeah, at it was, all. like, um, right on the cusp for me, but it didn't go there. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, totally. It, it was almost there. There are a few times where I'm like, this is just so over the top, and it's about to get annoying, but it, it never quite got there for me, yeah. Yeah, I, um, the one thing I was confused, and I, I texted you about this, like, why this country considers her a symbol of anti-American, um, fervor. I have no idea what the fuck is up with that. Um, I mean, I think but... it's just because she's famous for being a villain in America. She's breaking laws all the time, okay. breaking out of prison. You know, and he's... Okay. I don't think... Yeah, I think he's just like, oh, you're a villain to America? We hate America. Like, you know. Okay, yeah. My favorite part of the movie is when she kills that guy. Uh, <laughs> and... It's like so fast. He says, and and children, and then boom. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, I promised myself (laughs) that I would look for red flags. Uh, It's not only really funny that she's saying, like, I I promised myself I'd do better and look for red flags. It's like she sees the red flag. She kills him immediately. The second. It's so good. And then the reason, though, that she killed him. The speed she did it in was gnarly and funny, and but the reasons that were written in were totally valid. It's like we live in a horrible patriarchal yeah. society where most of the time, if somebody has a red flag and they're a guy and you're in a relationship with them, it's fucking scary. They're going to become a stalker. They're going to. It's just like, it was actually grounded in a really important critique, but it was so funny because it was just like boom. She didn't even have to think about it. Yeah, that was awesome. And her escape was so sick. That was some of the best action. Yeah, that was, that was very fun, um, you know, because it's happening at the same time. Uh, the whole group is like, okay, let's let's break her out. Let's come up with this this plan to break her out, and then she just fucking kills it by herself, and she just fucking gets out from being tortured. Which, by the way, she was not even phased by the torture. She made a sixty nine joke while being tortured. I mean, yeah, come on, she fucking rules yeah she she gets out and there's 
flowers popping out all over, which... I love that. I I mean, I guess it's supposed to represent her vision and, like, her, her manic state or something like that. But... I, I think of it as, like, yeah, trying to illustrate the kind of weird mental, whether it's mental illness or just outlook on life that she's mm-hmm. in, where, like, she's so funny and happy-go-lucky all the time, but she's doing horrible things and, and murdering people and laughing Kind of like yeah. the Joker, but like, so it's showing that to her, like to us, this might be like horrifying to watch. I mean, not to us, it's fucking cool because we're desensitized Americans who've seen <laughs> a lot of violence in our lives. But like, the concept of it is dark, but then to her, this is just beautiful. It's like some fucking Snow mm-hmm. White shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then she gets out and she's like, oh, you were coming to save me? That's so sweet. I, I can go back and... <laughs> Very funny, but yeah. also shows how kind of like, also like like King Shark, she kind of like cherishes like connecting with people, I guess, and yes. being uh, there is kind of like that element of she wants to have that kind of friendship with uh with Rick Flag, um, totally. There, there is kind of a sweetness there, um, definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, overall, I I, I loved her character. Um, she. It's probably my second favorite after Ratcatcher. Nice. Another thing with Polka Dot Man, like, they're making a thing where he has, like, the polka dots coming out of his face, and then he, like, has to expel them out a couple times a day. But then, after that trek to the jungle, like, it seems like that never comes back at all, which... Hmm. Yeah, I I guess maybe... Maybe it's considered expelling them out when he just shoots them out, I guess, maybe? Oh, yeah. That's how I think of it. Okay. I think he's doing the same thing when he's kneeling over at night, thinking everyone's asleep, as he's doing when he's attacking people. Okay, it just seems like it'd be easier just to, like, shoot a tree than to vomit um, a bunch of Pokemon. I feel like he was trying to hide it. He didn't want people to know he's embarrassed. So he's like, okay. you know. Okay. Ducking and hiding. Um. Mm-hmm. All right, Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Pretty cool name. Yeah. Um. Everybody loves blood sports. Uh, true. Everybody loves blood. Everybody loves sports. And when the two are combined, oh baby, you got a party going. Sure. <laughs> on a couple brews. That's a great night. <laughs> Good point. Okay, done with blood sport. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I I thought that Idris Elba did a good job. I I'm really glad that Will Smith was supposed to be playing his old character again, and something happened, so this got written in for Idris Elba, and I I'm really glad it did. I thought I don't know, there wasn't much to him as far as his like he was just the most generic one, but he also it there was something about that that made him a good leader. I liked that he kind of connected with Ratcatcher two. Um, and you started to see that side of him and the, the arc with his daughter, I felt like was, I mean, I guess we'll get to the arcs in a minute, but, um, I don't know. I liked that basically his role in the film was to further show how fucking cruel the government and the, uh, the prison system are specifically in fucking Louisiana. Uh, who was, who was Will Smith in the first one? He was a guy called Deadshot. He was okay. just, like, a guy who could never miss a shot. He just had a really good aim, basically. And it was actually kind of a yeah. similar thing where, like, 
he was doing everything for his daughter. Like they were, he, he would do it if he could get out and see his daughter. Like it it was kind of similar. It sounds very similar. Except that like in that one, he loved his daughter and wanted to be with her. And this one, he just like, doesn't give a fuck and is such a fucking piece of shit about it. I just mean both in that and also his power is oh, pretty yeah. much the same. So. I mean, it was originally supposed to be him, and there was like a... Yeah, I know, I know. So it makes sense, yeah. His character is kind of like the least interesting out of all the main characters. He's kind of just very generic. He's just meant there to kind of be a leader and kind of bring the whole group together. And uh, yeah, he does have some interesting elements to him. Um, his, his relationship with Ratcatcher 2 and kind of how he kind of sees her as like a daughter. Um, and I, I think that kind of helps him kind of, uh, rethink his relationship with his own daughter in his head. Um, totally. Um, cause as we're shown in the beginning, he's a really shitty father, but ultimately the reason why he's doing this in the first place is because his, uh, Amanda Waller is basically threatening to kill his daughter. Yeah. So, um, he obviously doesn't completely not care about about her. Uh, yeah, and I think he he, f- he finds some uh, paternal feelings towards uh, uh, Ratcatcher too, and that helps him reevaluate his own feelings towards towards his own daughter. Totally, um, uh, and kind of progresses him as a character. I thought his uh, competition with um, Peacemaker when they're killing the rebel camp. Uh, was a perfect example of toxic masculinity. Um, Good point. Just absolute prime example <laughs> of uh, two guys trying to prove that they're better than each other by just finding the coolest ways to kill a bunch of people. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately his his character, his main purpose is to kind of uh uh shepherd all the other characters through this, um and be the, the group leader and yeah, I don't know. You really see him uh become the leader at the very end when they're fighting Starro and he's kind of directing everybody to do their own thing. Um, and and he's a leader in that like he's the first one, it seems like, who's like, Fuck the plan oh, yeah. in my head. Let's Let's fucking do this. And they are all like, oh, yeah. yeah, totally. Remember when we were at the the camp on Catalina and uh, you were like, you didn't want to go to the prayer group or something and you were staying behind in the cabin uh-huh. and um, the rest of us were there. And then they like, they were like, well, fine, he can stay in the cabin, but why don't you all come along with us? And then it was like me, my brother and a few other people. We were walking away, and then all of a sudden, my brother turned around, and he's like, no, fuck this, and he started walking back towards you to the cabin, and the rest of us turned around and followed him. Hell yeah. Um, Do you remember that? I don't at all. I in no way thought I was the first one. I thought, in my mind, because I don't remember it that well, we all were like, this is like a Christian camp we got tricked into going into. We were all just like, fuck this, and we went and left. I didn't realize that I had been allowed to stay behind why was i allowed to stay behind i don't remember the whole i wish i could remember more but if i remember correctly like we were all kind of like staying behind the cabin and they got mad at us i think maybe you were arguing the most with them okay that sounds like me they were like okay you can stay here but the rest of you come on let's go and then we all started walking 
And then my brother was like, no, this is fucked up. We like, we need to yeah. stay behind. And so he turned around and the rest of us followed him. Hell yeah. Um, this probably does not translate well to an audio medium that has no idea what we're talking about. But basically, we were tricked into going to this Christian camp on Catalina, and we were none of us were Christians, so we were kind of pissed off about having to participate in all the Christian uh, activities taking place. So we were rebelling. <laughs> yeah, we were. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're Satan's children, not God's children. <sighs> um. Yeah, totally. So who was Bloodsport in but, that story? Was it me or your brother? Uh, so my, my, my brother would be Bloodsport. Okay. Ryan. Totally. Yeah. Even though I was first, it's fine. Whatever. No, you're... You're Starro. Okay, sick. <laughs> no, you're... Uh... You're like, we gotta kill... We gotta kill Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about the that arc, um, it's kind of interesting that I don't know. They're all villains. They've all done some fucked up shit, but this is too far. You know, they're like, fuck the government. They already thought fuck the government, but they're like, fuck the government and fuck my life. Like, I will sacrifice mm-hmm. myself to because this is just so gnarly, I guess. Like, do you think that's what it was? Just that it was just so ridiculous to let this star kill so many innocent people? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess it was just there being... Uh, hit by their conscience and they're presented with something that they see as kind of an existential threat to humanity i guess sure and they're being presented face to face with this uh massacre that's occurring that ultimately they were the cause of because they're the ones that that let starro out so i think that they're just like yeah fuck it uh we'll we'll we're going to fucking deal with this or die uh, trying. Yeah. And it's one thing to be like, to know you're a puppet of this government and hate the government in general, but it's another to know you're a puppet of this government. That's like when you come face to face with this many fucked up things they're doing, I think at a point Mm -hmm. it's like, not only did we cause this, but like, the people who caused this are super fucked up and we're going to still be doing what they say. Like, fuck that. Yeah. And of course they don't do like, I guess the most moral thing at the end, like he doesn't release the footage. He uses that, um, in a way that was kind of interesting. It's like a reverse brain bomb. It was like, mm-hmm. they have the thing. If, if you don't do what I say, we're going to blow up your heads. And then he's like, if you don't do what we say now, your, your head is going to explode metaphorically or whatever. Um, there will be an international incident um yeah and that would be bad which made sense to me because i mean it's not like all of a sudden they're going to turn into like the best people you know yeah so i liked that ending i think it was good that they didn't be like you know what and then we wanted unicorns and rainbows like it was like they did what they were going to do so other than i guess flag is too i guess other than peacemakers peacemaker like all of the main characters also seem to be like either have their powers or kind of be bad guys because of fucked up shit that have happened in their lives like they all seem to be victims and survivors does that resonate with you well we don't really know anything about king shark he's just um, a shark he's a victim of the the, 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 the human society right <laughs> well i think she said that he's just they, there's 
myth there's a myth that he descended from a god or something like that true um, <laughs> that's really funny but, i don't believe yeah, that <laughs> uh, yeah he's he's hunted for his fins um <laughs> and hated because of jaws what jaws did to the shark community is unforgivable it's and true spielberg will always be my enemy because of this yeah our jaws episode is going to be just talking shit on spielberg the whole time yeah yeah, yeah. fuck you spielberg <laughs> I said it. I'm not afraid to say it. I know you are. I am afraid. I know everyone dude. else is. I don't. I, I don't. But want I'm not afraid of it. Big Spielberg coming after me. Like, yeah. Same reason I won't say like kill Jeff Bezos with Elon Musk's intestines. It's the same reason I won't. You know, with his intestines. Choke him with his intent. Like rip out. Is the reason I won't say <laughs> rip out Elon Musk's intestines and wrap them around Jeff Bezos' throat and pull until he dies. That's the why I won't say but, that, because the same reason I won't say fuck Spielberg, you know? If you do do that, dear listener, I'll pay you $20. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking Flag wasn't really a victim, but I guess if he's a soldier, you could see I, him in certain ways. Yeah, I mean, even, like, we, we're not really given enough info um, to see. But also, like... He doesn't even have any superpowers. I, yeah. What's his power? He's just like a, he's a good soldier. He's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, we've talked about the mental health stuff going on with like Harley Quinn and Polka Dot Man. But Ratcatcher was like, mm. you know, or she's the child of a parent who was a user and died. Um, and mm-hmm. then uh, who else do we got? I um, I just I want to point out, I really love that uh, the portrayal of her father yeah. Because usually if you have someone who's a heroin addict father, like they're just like scum and they're just a, a terrible. Or, In their depictions or, in media, yeah. Yeah. Or um, if they do, are they, if they are loving, then they're like completely kind of useless. Um, yeah. But he, he legitimately was a good, he was both loving and he was a good father who kind of seemed to really protect his daughter and, uh, uh, gave her you know uh, rat powers um and even like i mean the reason that blood sports like a victim is a victim of his father right and mm -hmm. but in that bus ride she says like oh i wish i could give to you the love that i got from my father and it's like yeah that's not usually how addicts or or users are are depicted and yeah you're right that's a that's a really cool thing yeah i really really loved and appreciated that portrayal um of of her father yeah Totally. Just want to point that out. But yeah, I feel like um, we'll we'll get into it in a minute, but I think a lot of this movie is critiquing, at least even if it's doing it jokingly, I think a lot of it is critiquing the prison system, the justice system. And I think there's a reason that we find out about the the things that have like turned these, that, that have put these people in this place in their life and that most of them are pretty shitty. It's not like they're just evil mm-hmm. or they just love blood and murder like they all have a thing you know yeah but yeah um i mean talking about rat catcher i just that's such a cool arc where she's she grew up in, in poverty living on the streets with her her father um and they utilized rats to just kind of get by yeah and even utilized rats to um to give them warmth uh by, by using them as blankets and then um when her dad died, she uh, 
moved to America and she robbed a bank with her rats and she was uh, charged with armed robbery. Like, um, yeah. yeah, that's just kind of a neat story where she's really just trying to survive, trying to, trying to scrape by. Yeah. yeah. With her, with her powers. Totally. So it's like, she's not, she's not a villain at no. all. Totally. <laughs> this, she's just a villain in the sense that we're told robbing a bank is wrong. Yes. Um, Totally. The and bank's robbing the people. The law says. Super chill. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's fucking awesome. I love that she robbed a bank. And I love that they don't... I love that she's not like, I robbed a bank. I regret that day. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's mm-hmm. just like, I robbed a bank and those idiots called rats a weapon. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. Yeah. She's just like, that's fucking crazy. They called rats a weapon. That's stupid as hell. So, we have... Starro, a villain, right? Who's kind of not a villain. We have our main characters, villains, but kind of not villains. And then we have what I would think is clearly the true villain of the movie, the government. And mm-hmm. little thing about me, Charlie, I like that the government's the true villain of the movie. Just a little... Tidbit. No, no, no. You said that wrong. What you meant to say was, little thing about me, Charlie, is I like the government. Nope. That's what you meant to say. We all know it. Yeah, what'd you think of Waller? The, uh... Oh my god, I hated her. Um, as <laughs> soon as she appeared, I I, I got angry because oh, I hate her character so much. She's yeah. so fucking evil, and she backs it up with this: "I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the good of my country." Yeah, kind of fucking complete bullshit that just excuses her to do anything at all when totally. all when what is so important that you're doing for your government is just covering up like some evil shit that they did. Yeah. Like, and even her lackeys oh my gosh. don't believe that she'll do it. They're like, you're not really going to kill the yeah. kid. Right. And she's like, you have no fucking idea what I'll do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so bad. I liked that her team is clearly corrupt as fuck. Like they're literally betting on who's going to die and laughing, but then <laughs> even they can't handle how bad she is. They need to knock her out and help. Them. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a cool twist. Like, they're bad. They are not good. But, you know, everybody hits their line in this movie except for her. She's the only one who doesn't, other than her and Peacemaker, the only ones who don't hit a limit where they just can't go past there, you know? Yeah, it it kind of made the, um, kind of disappointed me in the end in the post credit sequence where, you know, in the climax of the movie, they knock her out and they, uh, they help the, the them defeat Starro. But then we see that you know, she comes to and she has them back under her control. And then in the post-credit sequence, they're like talking to the Peacemaker. And they're like, well, I guess we're working with Peacemaker now as punishment for what we did. So it just, it's kind of I didn't disappointing see that. that they're just, oh, you didn't see that? I didn't know yeah, there was a after post-credit the, scene. After the credits, um, uh, Steve Agee's character and, um, one to the other characters, they go to the hospital where John Cena or where Peacemaker is, and they're like, "Well, we're working with him now. Uh, this this is definitely punishment from from uh, Amanda Waller for, uh, for what we did." Which characters go there? I don't know that actor's name. Uh, the character that said, "Um, it's a fucking kaiju." Oh, okay, and, like, okay. One or the other characters that were he he was he's like he's a famous. I don't know, famous, but he's a comedian. He was, like, in the Sarah Silverman show. Was yeah, I recognize him. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know there's a spinoff, a Peacemaker spinoff, right? I know there's going to be a show, yeah. Yeah, so this is what the, that was. I see. 
a plane to peacemaker is in the hospital bed and they're like oh he survived and now we have to work with him and uh, that sucks sucks that you and i in order to stay consistent are gonna have to cover every episode of the show <laughs> um and every dc movie yeah, to, because they're all whatever ones are kind of connected mm-hmm. yeah uh i don't have much else to say about about those the team and waller do you not really just she fucking s- i hate oh yes yeah. justify fucking any fucking evil just you, got, you gotta do it for the good of america just any fucking atrocity I mean, like, like we we brought up we brought up Operation Paperclip earlier, where they're just like, well, we have to work with these Nazi scientists so that we can uh, beat them, just advance Russians our knowledge, to space. Yeah, um, MK Ultra. I'm reading a book on um, uh, Sidney Gottlieb, um, uh, the uh, Poisoner in Chief by uh, Stephen Kinzer. It's about uh, Stephen uh, Sidney Gottlieb was like the head of MK Ultra. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like uh, they're just like, oh, we need to get these fucking Nazi doctors so that we can uh, learn what they what they knew and have them work with us. And it's just because we need to uh, defeat the Soviet Union. We need to f- defeat communism. Anything to fucking yeah. defeat communism. We'll work with the most evil people there ever was, and and offer them jobs and no punishment just for yeah because it's any fucking goal to, for for America. It's, oh god and yeah so not only is are they working with the nazis and or like essentially carrying on the nazis legacy and just being horrible doing atrocities but they like they see the prisoners that they're using as like like we were saying earlier they totally dehumanize mm. them they see them as disposable and the the brain bomb thing like did you feel like i feel the more i think about it i'm just like oh this isn't a metaphor for anything but being a prisoner already like yeah we'll blow up your head if you don't do what we say now like you're under our view we're watching you at all times if you don't do what i say well, like isn't that much different than just being a prisoner except you might get a lighter sentence well it also made me think of like uh prison labor like especially yes. like um uh the the prison firefighters the yeah. forest firefighters people always you always see people kind of like show up and justify it where they're like well you know, a lot of them they like it because they're they're getting outside, and a lot of the prisoners they they like it because because they're giving back to the community, and and uh, they always find these ways to justify it where like even if that's true, there's still an immense amount of coercion. Yes. they're still not being you know uh, paid correctly. They're still not getting. It's still cents just a day, like, dude. Yeah, it's still something that they're kind of being forced into it, even if. If even if someone, uh, one of these characters is like, well, I'm doing it for the good of my country. There's still coercion going on. There's well, and still... it's the, the, co- the coercion comes from the fact that they want the labor. Like, they're in prison yeah. to do that. Like, yes, exactly. The fucking 13th Amendment literally was like, okay, well, we can't use slaves, so we'll make a new system of slavery where we say you're morally corrupt and so then you can be a slave. And like fucking kamala harris when she was fucking da of california her cabinet or whatever you call it like the supreme court said that california had like had to release a bunch of prisoners and she fought against it saying well then who's gonna fight the fires basically like we need the labor we don't care if the fucking constitution the people who decide if the constitution like if it says that what we're doing is wrong 
the labor is the most important thing. It's insane. Yeah, and people all show up and they'll say, well, they're prisoners, so, you know, it's like, what the, what rights should they have anyways? And it's like, shouldn't this, shouldn't a prison be about rehabilitation, not forcing people to do labor, not doing, not, and also, she's like, what, what's, what, what do they, what laws do they violate? Do they fucking just smoke weed? Do they get caught with, with drug, with paraphernalia? I mean, and what societal, what societal impacts yeah. were happening in the first place? Like, it's just so much to it. And it's just all, th- these people are just automatically like, well, the prisoners, they're bad. So they should be forced to do whatever the fuck we say they should do. And they shouldn't be compensated for it. And yeah, it's, um, the but idea yeah, so, like, like, that someone can be so fucking stupid that they think you can lose your rights if you don't do what you're yeah. told. It's not a right if it can be taken away. It's that's what, the entire point of a right is that that's what you should get no matter what. That's what it you are you deserve. And like yeah, some people are really fucked up and I don't know exactly what we should do with murderers and I'm not going to say all the other things but like yeah, there's people in prison who are really fucked up and doing fucked up things and who if we were in a society that made sense to me we'd probably just fucking like fight them and kill them if they lost but like most of the people are in there for fucking drug offenses and shit and either way Mm -hmm. if you say that they have rights they have rights like taking away their right to vote is the most insane thing in the world like oh god it just yeah and taking away in many cases their right to fucking uh have a job because yeah. I mean, just in the sense that you know, so many people like they get out of prison, they can't find fucking work because they yes. have to say they. It's known that they're in fucking. They've been in prison, so that automatically disqualifies. They them. no longer have a right to self defense. Like, not only can felons mm-hmm. in most places not have guns, they can't have bulletproof vests. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Uh. But yeah, another thing that occurred to me, um, along the same line is like she talks about how this is like. She's justified in doing whatever she can um, in threatening this uh, Bloodsport's daughter because how important this mission is. It's the most important mission. It's like, well, you're the government and we're living in a world where there's tons of people with superpowers all over. Couldn't you just fucking hire a team of people? Do you really need to put some fucking bombs in the heads of uh, prisoners and force them to do this against their will? Yeah. Like... Is this just all just like to save the government money just by forcing prisoners to do this? Yes. Like, what I mean, the fuck? why do they fight the fires? Like, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, it should be so easy to just fucking hire people, but you obviously want to skip that step. So yeah, yeah, that that's that's another thing that made me think of the firefighters. Well, like, and like it's not just to be your soldiers; it's also just to be a distraction and die. Like Team yeah. B is just to die. <laughs> And, like, they send Flag in with that team, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's still not enough for him. Like, oh, man. Well, since we're talking about these, the fucking government, uh, what's your dumb cop of the week? There were two I was thinking about this, but I'm trying to think what the second one was. So the first one I, I, that occurred to me was the guard that was torturing Harley Quinn. Um, oh, okay. How he just turns his back on her <laughs> and he starts texting and we've already established that, like, this entire country knows who Harley Quinn is. Yeah. Um, she's kind of a famous person. And even if she wasn't, we've already, they've already been shown, like, all the fucking destruction that she gets up to. Totally. And he just turns his back on her and just starts texting. 
I mean, even him personally, he's been torturing her for, you know, how how long, and she hasn't broken. But yeah, he just simply turns his back at her, and she fucking strangles him with her thighs. Um, for sure. Yeah. that That's your one? Yeah. There's another one I wanted to say, but I... Oh, I think I know what it was. The soldier behind the bar who, um... Sees Ratcatcher Two oh, and yeah. Polka Dot Man and the Thinker escaping. I thought about and she, that one. She has the rat jump in his uh, mouth. Yeah. Um, he seems <laughs> not. He equipped. cannot get the rat out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like, how fucking weak is this guy? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Hell yeah, that was a good one. Um, my dumb cop of the week was Peacemaker. Oh, good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was just like, I kept nice. writing down different soldiers and then Peacemaker said something. I don't remember what I was like. Oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> something about keeping the peace. And you're like, oh, <laughs> exactly. I'm protecting and serving. <laughs> One thing I wanted to bring up, I forgot to bring up before. Bloodsport. When we first meet him, he's cleaning the uh, toilets and he's cleaning the prison. Yeah. He's not wearing fucking gloves. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. What is going on that you... Dude, and that prison prisoners? was so clean. Because he's good as his, his... No, his I'm just... Work. Dude, the last jail cell I was in with 20 people with beds for 16, there was one bathroom and it was flooded. So you couldn't go to the toilet without walking through two inches of water. And they were... The, the bars had so much milk poured over them over the years that it was like inches of mold on the fucking jail cell bars um like white nasty mold a fucking dude had gotten his ass beat by the cops his arm was like open and infected and a nurse didn't come the entire time i was there i was there for 48 hours and like this was the cleanest fucking prison i've ever seen like and there's no way you get gloves for that shit you know yeah fuck that uh, shit not good no horrible um yeah, but the the we're first introduced to him cleaning the toilet and he has no gloves on. It's just like, oh fuck, that's yeah, dude. Ugh. Um. So obviously, like, it's interesting with all these characters that we've mentioned. The prisoner supervillains are by far the most relatable characters. I just thought I after Starro. Agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I like I could relate to Starro by the end, but throughout, you're you know, I don't know why do you think that is. Because uh, they're considered the dregs of society, the outcasts of society. Um, and I can relate to that. Because uh, they're complex characters who, who, you know, unlike Batman, who is just <laughs> born with a, a silver spoon in his mouth, just uh, rich. Um, yeah, he had one, he had a super tragic event when he was a kid, but you know, he's everything else he just had handed to him on a platter, um, compared to these characters who are kind of formed by just uh being on the lower rungs of society and having um uh to uh adjust and yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. I, I think you're absolutely right. I also think that like I mean we've talked about how we we see how they're victims, so like it explains it, it empathizes it. We don't see why Amanda Waller is the way she is. I'm assuming it's from looking mm-hmm. at so many boots, but who's to say? Um, but like also just when the, when the bad guy in a movie like is like prison break movies, prisoners are often like you, you always want them to get out because prisons are fucked up. And in this one specifically, the government's the bad guy. And 
even though these prisoners don't probably have the same politics as us, they have an edge ahead of everybody else because they already hate the fucking government, or at least they don't care, <laughs> you know? They don't give a yeah. fuck what the government is thinking. And we see from the beginning how bad the government is. So it's just like, oh, these are victims of and haters of the government. Of course I'm going to sympathize with them more than other people. Yeah. I mean, we're in the DC universe. What's more relatable? Superman, this godlike character with super strength, super speed, you know, almost no weaknesses, who, yeah, he was an orphan, but he's brought up by by a loving family, versus Ratcatcher 2, who was brought up on the streets with her heroin-addicted father, who loved her and helped her, um, but still, they he was a heroin-addicted father, and she was brought up on the streets in, in terrible circumstances and had to turn to to using rats to, to steal from people in order to scrape by. That's more relatable to me yes. than... To rob than, a bank. Uh, like, nobody cares about yeah. robbing a bank. People love it when people rob banks. Like, even if they're... Even if they don't... When they watch a movie, they do, because they're out of their bullshit mm. reality where they think the bank is saving them, you know? Um, yeah. I, uh... This weekend I read uh, Worshipping Power, an Anarchist View of Early State Formation by Peter Gelderloos, and I was thinking... First of all, listeners, if you rob a bank, we'll give you $20. (laughs) Okay, go on. Cool. Um, And I was reading it, and a passage towards the end of the book made me think of this because I was thinking of this movie, so I want to read that if that's cool because it just was a cool coincidence. Yeah. All right. Make sure it's upright, not upside down. The book, yeah. um, Totally. Thank you. States require obedience. Disobedience to the state is therefore an important practice among those who value freedom. The popular heroes that might exemplify an anti-authoritarian ethos are the bandits, the fugitives, the prisoners, the rebels, and the rioters, especially the Robin Hoods and Harriet Tubmans, who subvert established hierarchies rather than the mafiosos and the Nathaniel Bacons who emulate them. Practices that foster disobedience include refusal to pay taxes, to participate in elections, to collaborate with police investigations, or to perform military service. A further step would be willfully breaking every law that one can get away with, provided the delinquency hurts rulers and owners and obstructs the infrastructures of control and economic accumulation without hurting common people. And it felt like that's kind of, I don't know, it's just interesting they talked about, he talked about prisoners and he talked about you know, people unwilling to perform military service, which they all eventually kind of do and flag does. And that like that their their kind of line at the end is that mm-hmm. line at the end. The uh, it, don't hurt the common people. It's gone too far. It's just killing random yeah. people now. But you're defending Weasel. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of confused. I didn't defend Weasel. I said prison doesn't make sense for Weasel. It makes no sense. What's the, what's the long game? What's the plan here? I don't know. You seem to be a big fan of the way Weasel operates. <laughs> we still in front of a parole board in fifty years is suddenly gonna like be impressive. <laughs> <sighs> okay, where do you think the freedom fighters come into play? They have a funny like little role. Oh, that's what you meant by the freedom fighters. I was confused by what you meant by that. Okay, yeah, you said, where do the Freedom Fighters come into play? And I was confused by what you meant by that. I was like, do you just mean, like, what's the difference between 
freedom fighters and terrorists. Uh, I didn't realize you were talking about the freedom fighters. You're talking about the the rebels. Um, that, that's not as good of a mistake as or a misunderstanding of the outline as when I said the red flag incident about Harley Quinn and you thought I meant the with an, a Japanese anarchist got out of prison in 1908 and there was a protest or like a rally and people got arrested and served prison time for years and you thought i was i did trying not to think that's what you meant i did not think that's what you meant i was i didn't know what you meant by red flag incident so i searched red flag incident and that's what came up hey, it was a good, and i thought this can't be right it was the funniest way that i learned some history it just happened to be an anarcho-communist like thing. Yeah. It's so, so weird that it happened to be an anarchist thing it's so good Anyway, yeah, I mean, they they played a funny role. Yeah, I mean, they were really an afterthought. Um, it was very funny when they all got slaughtered, <laughs> and yet she was still so willing to work with them. Yeah. Um, she was just like, oh, I guess it was a mistake, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, she really wanted to accomplish her goal, which... It yeah. turns out wasn't overthrowing the government, but becoming the government and having a democratic election, which was a little disappointing, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's your thought on... I mean, yeah, they were just very generic. There wasn't much to them. I thought the best thing about them was that they didn't Milton. end up being the heroes, and they were used as just, like, they were all killed, and then, I don't know, it was just kind mm. of, it was just funny. Like, it didn't... Yeah. <laughs> it didn't feel like it meant much or was saying much. It just felt kind of a generic afterthought of like, oh, and then we'll show that it was that everything turned out OK because the freedom fighters took over the state. And now the state's going to be a good state, you know? Yeah. Uh, which, you know, again, disappointing, but not anything below my expectations of a comic book movie at all, you know? Yeah. Um. We're also... We're never given much insight into the uh, the government um, that took over in the first place. I mean, we're shown that they're ran by bad guys because the yeah. president is talking about how he wants to use the the beast to control people, basically, um, just like the the government before him that they they could uh, did. But we're never showing like was it a popular revolution like do, do they have the people's support like because True. it seems like the government before also would have not been liked by the people so i it, yeah it is kind of like where did the people stand on this and we have no idea this? like yeah yeah um although i mean the idea of having democratic elections in theory obviously because it's an american movie like in theory, at least the people's voice will be heard because we're in the yeah. reality this movie's in where the, the writer's intentions are probably not. And there'll be really racist voting laws and nobody will yeah. be given the day off. It's probably like, okay, now the people get their voice heard is the idea. Yeah, but I'm just like wondering because the people probably really didn't like the previous government. So I wonder how much support the... Uh, the the new government throughout the movie would have had with the people like would they sure. i feel like there could have been like a big a lot of support from them um, yeah 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 uh, i see what you mean now um huh. even if like they were evil at heart and 
and still going to use... Yeah, but I, anyways. Yeah, I, that was just something I was kind of wondering about. I also thought it was kind of interesting that it wasn't a, a... They never made them to be a socialist or communist government. That seemed like a easy thing for them to just throw in there. Um, I think James I Gunn is... Which, I think if it was anybody else in DC, maybe. But I feel like James Gunn is a little better than that, I, I think. For sure. Um, I was just kind of surprised yeah. by that. I was like, obviously, this is going to be a communist totally. government. Uh, was there other stuff that we haven't mentioned yet in the movie that you liked or popped out at you or wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I know we already talked about Weasel a bunch, but man, I loved oh. Weasel in the beginning. That whole scene was so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad he survived. I wish... Uh... I think instead of doing a Peacemaker spinoff, they should do a Weasel spinoff. Because I think he was a very he was a very deep, well-written character <laughs> that has a lot to offer. So, you know all the characters in this, except for Ratcatcher 2, are DC characters? Except for and TDK. Yeah, I, wait, Ratcatcher and TDK aren't Ratcatcher aren't is. Characters? Ratcatcher 2 isn't, okay. and TDK isn't. But the rest are all characters. Oh. Um, I just assumed they all were. For sure. Uh... TDK isn't that's very funny <laughs> yeah. that they just made. You know who that was too, right? <laughs> that's no. Nathan Fillion. He's like the main guy in uh, Firefly. Oh yeah, I recognize him now. For sure. Uh, yeah. I love. I never saw Firefly. I, I love Weasel in the beginning. I love that like he it's it shows more that the government like they're like we think he knows what's happening, but <laughs> we don't even know that he does. He's like licking the yeah. window. He's just a perfect encapsulation of like. This is also stupid. What are they doing? I really liked uh, Blackguard getting his head blown in because I really don't like um, Pete. What's his name? What's his name? I can't remember. David? It's not David. Pete Townsend. Something like that. Yeah, Pete. Pete Davidson. Oh, okay. I think that's it. Yeah. I I really don't like him. Yeah. And his face really bothers me, so it's fun getting it. Uh, seeing it get shot in <laughs> plus like he was a snitch so it was great that he got yeah destroyed immediately. yeah i love snitches get faces blown in yes totally is yeah i mean that whole beginning scene it was so much fun like i said i kind of expected it was all going to go to shit yeah. um yeah it was, it was weird how they was doing it from a savant's pers- uh, perspective but we never see him do anything yeah. except for try to save Weasel. We never see him like fight in any way at all. We just see him try that to escape. Perfect. That was kind of a yeah, <laughs> such a good choice. I love the that you first thing you see is him uh, kill a bird, and then a bird's eating him when he dies. The same kind of bird. Oh shit! That's I didn't think of that. That's funny. It's great. Um, that was also my favorite in all the transitions where they have something spell uh the transition out how they had his, the blood from his head yeah. uh spill out spell out like warner brothers yeah, presents or something like that i think my favorite was the one where it spelled like the name of the facility and it was just a cool angle of the rooftop you know the jutenheim or whatever it was uh yeah but the blood one was was really cool too. That that was a cool thing about the movie. I liked that they embraced the comic book thing in a way that like worked for mm. the movie instead of just doing it for to look like a comic book. It was actually like, oh, this is a good way of telling you what's happening, setting the tone of this new section, and making it feel like a comic book. Yeah, and overall, like the 
the effects, I mean, like I always say, I'm a bigger fan of practical effects than CGI, but I know, I know what's, what, how it works, and today it's just all mostly going to be CGI, but, uh, yeah, it was all done really well, um, and like I said, they actually used real squibs, yeah. so I'll, appreci- I'll appreciate that, I'll appreciate practical effects where I can get them, so that was great. Definitely. Uh, some of the CGI was subpar to me, especially like towards the end, Harley Quinn running when like the things are falling and stuff. But in general, it just felt mm-hmm. like, yeah, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, James Gunn for the next one. Uh, just want you to know you don't have to pay for Stallone. I'll do it for like a few hundred dollars less. <laughs> um, I'll do the shark's voice. <laughs> Hungry, nom nom. Uh, what's your favorite shot? Uh, when the uh, shark kills that guy and has the shot of him chewing on his head, and then you see the <laughs> eyes moving around. I hate it. Kind of remove. You hated that. I hated that. It's my like least favorite. <laughs> Why? Part. So I don't know. It's just so goofy. You wouldn't be alive. Like I don't know. <laughs> it made me think of like a old kind of a Romero zombie movie yeah. and like a kind of effect like a Tom Savini would put in or something. Nice. Um, so I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, your turn. My favorite shot was um, when the Pixies were playing and they were all walking through the rain and it was super whitewashed out. That was just cool. That was a cool moment. Yeah, good use of, of Hey, it's a good song, yeah. and they use it well. And, like, the fir- the first movie just uses so many extremely popular classic rock songs through the whole thing, and none of them fit well. It's just, like, a money flex, and, like, a, oh, you know this song, you know this song, you know the mm-hmm. rest you know, whatever. Whoever it is, like, over and over, and this movie, I felt like it was, like, yeah, the Pixies, it's really cool, I like the Pixies now, but he used it in a way where you're like, oh, this guy likes this song, and this is really enhancing this you know. Yeah, I mean, even even though the Pixies are, you know, they're not exactly obscure, yeah. it's still not a band like 90% of people are familiar with it at all. Unless they're um, really like Fight Club or um, Godzilla King of the Monsters, they're in it. I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. Um, but it's not in a but, cool way like uh, this. Like the girl's just listening to them and then turns it off. Whereas in this, it was like, oh yeah, they're playing Hey, and this is like the kind of climax yeah. of the turn. This is sick. Yeah, the only real uh, song I noticed that was kind of like well known would be like uh, the Johnny Cash song that yeah. that started the Folsom Prison. Totally, that, that starts it off. Yeah, which is a great song. Um, yeah, it was overall it's good choice of music and stuff too. All right. But yes, that was a good shot, and I like I liked. I was very pleasantly surprised with the use of that song. I'm a fan of the Pixies. Hell yeah! As you know, cool. Any concluding thoughts before we rate this thing? Yeah, I mean, you thought you were scared that I was gonna be upset or or hate this or whatever. Well, mostly because you um, texted me. I am not looking forward to talking about this movie. <laughs> I just feel like I'm unprepared. <laughs> no, you never. I I I feel like I, I'm also kind of like most people are gonna like and love this, and I feel like I I'm kind of a downer. Um, and both kind of a downer, and then I don't totally love it and like i'm also kind of just like out of my element and that i'm not familiar with these kind of movies you said like nothing i don't know it just kind of felt weird doing it the entire time (laughs) we've been talking for like three and a half hours i don't know i talked about how i didn't like the government that's kind of negative (laughs) and i should clarify 
Charlie's always prepared. He just always thinks he's unprepared. I didn't mean like mm. you're all never. Anyway, <laughs> what, what are you gonna rate this movie, dude? Or am I first? Uh, let's do you first. Okay. Well, it's easy because I've already rated it on uh, Letterboxd, and we're doing stars. So, uh, I give it four staros. I, <laughs> I mean, it's not like a blow your mind movie, but I love the themes. I love. I already said it all. It's. It's really fun. It's a super enjoyable watch. It goes by really fast for being over two hours. I like most of the characters. I like most of the effects. I I actually laugh at it, and it has cool-ass action. Like, it's all, an almost perfect superhero movie to me. You get what you want out of it, and I enjoy that. So, yeah. Four stars. Um, yeah. I'll give it three stars. Um, and I'm also going to throw in a... 10 decap or five decapitated peacemaker heads and five decapitated Amanda Waller heads, although those have no effect on the overall score. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just this isn't my kind of movie overall. Um, yeah, I don't exactly know why these aren't my kind of movies, but I don't know, they just don't hit me like they seem to hit everybody else. And, um, um, but for what it is, like, I wouldn't really expect anything much better it was a perfectly fun enjoyable time that uh i am not i'm not against spending two hours that way it, it was it was good and there was lots of commentary on on uh government and prison stuff that that you could read into it that that made it pretty enjoyable that i don't think a lot of superhero movies probably usually have um uh yeah that's my that's what i have to say so you told me you were listening to a certain song and thinking about this movie um do you think we should play that at the end yeah i think that'd be a fun fun thing to do although uh the record label may not appreciate it i don't even know who knows uh you want to tell what song it is uh black steel and the hour of chaos by public enemy um probably my favorite public enemy song even before i had any kind of political interest this was always my favorite public enemy song um and the beat from it samples uh my um one of my all-time favorite albums um uh the song i don't know what the song is called because it's like a 20 syllable word uh hypersyllabolic something something scottinescu off of the album uh Hot Buttered Soul by Isaac Hayes, one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, the song, but yeah, it uses the bass line and a piano break from it. Uh, but the song's about um, Chuck D. He uh, gets a letter from the government, um, a draft letter, and he says, fuck you. What does your country care about black people like me? And he goes to jail, and then he orchestrates a, a prison breakout. Um so the the lyrics are kind of fitting to to this movie. It's, Hell yeah. it's a great song. Nice. All right, well thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at nogodspod. You can email us at nogodspod at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, you can write a letter to a prisoner. We have a link down here in the show notes. You can click it if you've never written to a prisoner and you want to see like some political prisoners uh that you can write to. Um, it sucks being in prison. It's as everybody knows, and it's really fucking lonely and a letter can like super 
like be really impactful and really help somebody. So check out the uh, New York City Anarchist Black Cross Illustrated Guide to Political Prisoners and Prisoners of War. You can search it or you can click that link I mentioned. And if you've never written to a prisoner and want to like talk about it because you don't know what to say or don't know what to do, uh, feel free to hit us up on either of the contact things that I mentioned. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it and said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here is a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. The suckers had authority. Cold sweating as I dwell in myself. How long has it been? They got me sitting in a state pen. I gotta get out, but that thought was thought before. I contemplated a plan on the cell floor. I'm not a fugitive on the run, but a brother like me begun to be another one. Public enemy serving time, they drew the line, y'all. They criticized me for some crime. Nevertheless, they could not understand that I'm a black man and I can never be a veteran. On the street, the situation's unreal. I got a raw deal, so I'm looking for the steal. I'm going for that. Zone of 